and welcome back to the What the Fork Sunderland review show for what has been a fairly drab Friday night as Sunderland lost 1-0 to Hull City at the Stadium Light. Um, I'm not in the best of moods. This is an immediate reaction. We're 15 minutes or so after uh, full time, which is probably a little bit sooner than we normally do. But um, hopefully come the end of the show, we're going to have a bit of a laugh. I've chucked in some funny questions, so it's not going to be all sad all the way through. Uh, we'll put the world of something to rights and then go on to enjoy our weekend. There's two people that uh, have got the pressure of cheering me up, first and foremost, the man who achieves it quite often. Dave, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm the man to cheer you up tonight, but hopefully, well, I'd like to say Brad is, but I've seen our WhatsApp group tonight and it has not been a pleasant place. Uh, just as much as I can't imagine the stadium of light sounded like it was or or X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, I just want to say when I said about you, you cheer me up most of the time, Brad just swung his head back like like so much sass in it. I just want you to know, Brad, you cheer me up as well. Don't worry. How are you, mate? You okay? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> oh, well. Um, <laughs> to be fair, with a lot of us, I think I'm the one. And it's, it, it's I mean, it doesn't take much. Just maybe hmm. have the whole... Let's just give him a bit of time. He's here now type of speak. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. I'm raging. I am raging at this minute, at this moment in time. Yep. Yeah, same. Um, do you want me to cheer you up? Mm-hmm. I think your hair looks lovely. Thank you. People can't see it, so they don't get a judge. But imagine uh, Gaza before the drink. But soon to be drunk. <laughs> and Dave's, <laughs> Dave's Gaza after the drink. <laughs> Accurate though. Um I'll stick with you, Brad, on this one. Like and normally I was like, oh, how are you feeling? Um but I'll change the question a bit. Cause I want to kind of get a feel of if it's maybe just me or everyone feels similar. Um We'll try not to swear if we can and, and delve a bit deep into what ha- we'll, we'll try not delve in too deep into what happened actually on the pitch at the moment. Um, because we're chatting in the immediate aftermath of like what was really crap to be honest and feels crap. How is the emotions regarding something like how are you actually feeling? And I don't mean the sense of like you know, what do you think is happening with the performance, the manager, and all that? Like, what are just your feelings? Like, how do you feel? Hey, football's a funny one, Graham, because we forget how we felt when we were in League One, back-to-back relegations. We forget how badly we feel because, look, that, that disappears into our memory. And recently, especially over the last 18 months, since, since we got promoted, the feel-good factor around this place has been phenomenal. It's been one of the best feelings I think we've had around the club. Like I know we can talk about back in the late 90s, early 2000s, where it was really good. But I was too young to probably appreciate that. So my feelings at this moment in time is, I don't think, without being too dramatic, I don't think I've ever felt like some owners who who have had it there, had, had the fan base in the palm of the hands ready just to kick on a little bit further. I felt so disconnected from what the from the fan base and have blown it to the point where I just do not trust anything to do with them. I don't trust them a single bit. Um, I mean, I, I know you've never been Speakman's biggest fan, but you've always been a bit 
on the fence with them, 50-50. Same with K- well, KLD, you, you were a fan of and things like that. But I think everything that's came to, came to fruition in the last few weeks has... It's just pushed me away to the point of, am I really bothered if they're that bothered? Yeah, of course I'm bothered, but that's how I'm starting to feel. Like, you know for you know that I work away, so I wasn't there tonight. My son goes. And at the start when I was doing this and and people were taking my son on my season card, I was like, I'm gutted I'm missing the game. Gutted I'm missing the game. To be honest, mate, I'm relieved someone else has taken them because I, I just can't be bothered with it. Because I just feel that disconnected from them at the moment. I couldn't go tonight. I mean, I could. I could have went tonight, to be fair. Um, but I think, as people know, it takes a while to travel down. Ashley was working until 10 o'clock. Um, I would have had to leave work early, take a day's holiday. And at the minute, to be honest, I wasn't able to do it. I felt I was allowed to be one-off. And to be honest with you, there wasn't really that much that I missed. By Like, I watched the whole game. And part of the time I was on my phone, it felt like, because what I was watching, I was just disconnected. I'll tell you what it was, right? I'm down here with a few Sunderland fans, and there's a couple of us. We we went to Leicester away. We've took time off when we're down here to go to a few away games, right? So we got together tonight and watched the game. And on 55 minutes, I booked an Uber and came back to the hotel. Watched a little bit on Sky just to see, because I knew we were doing the podcast, see if anything was happening. And then... They scored when I got back, had it on the telly, legally. And I just I just didn't feel interested. And I think that also, when you watch the players, I feel like over the last month, since they lost Mowbray, they've also felt that disconnect from that club. The ones that they all signed good deals to, the ones that they, they bought into. I know they weren't, a lot of them, he likes Jack Clark and that. They all signed prior to Tony Mowbray. But they bought into what Mowbray was doing. They even bought into Alex Neil. Look, Alex Neil didn't get sacked, he walked away. But they bought into the club that was on the up. And I feel like even though they're getting paid the big bucks and they're on the pitch and playing representing our club, I feel like they feel that same disconnect to the club, or at least a, a, a good proportion of them players feel that same disconnect. Now they're not going to come out and say that. They're always going to say the training's good, we're going to work hard, all that usual BS that you usually get. But I'm watching these players now and I'm thinking they're gonna they are feeling that same disconnect that we are, and that ain't a good thing to feel right now. You can you seen it in Daniel's interview after the Ipswich game, I felt. Um he looked like immediate reaction angry and he looked like he was a bit cheesed off, for want of a better word. But um before we go too deep into stuff and that and we'll, we'll try and keep this like a laugh as best as we can. We don't really want to make light of how crap it feels at the moment but we have to you know ultimately we have to have a laugh sometimes so we'll try our best but um dave you're on your therapy couch here um i want you to close your eyes and i want you to tell me how are you feeling i think brad's pretty much summed it up very well there um just while brad was talking i was obviously listening intently because that's what that's what we do um, but i was having a flick through x as well and copley's obviously um took some took some <laughs> minutes from the um took some minutes from bill's interview uh to which i believe one of the quotes was 
we were definitely the stronger team tonight. Oh man, I I can't I can't deal with it. We knew this was coming. Me and you were staunch in the fact that we didn't want to give him time when he shouldn't be here, and he shouldn't be. He absolutely shouldn't be, and the people in charge need to grow a set very quickly. I think I said the other week, it comes down to these two home games. Well, he's lost one. <laughs> oh, my God. If he loses that second one, he he has to go. And I do believe I said that he'd be, he'd be close to, to breaking Clough's record. And, my God, <laughs> he might survive it by the skin of his teeth, but he's just not a good fit. He shouldn't be here. We've gone from trying to press teams higher up the pitch to honestly, after 20 minutes, 20 minutes, we sat so deep. And oh, I just don't know what I'm saying. It's boring. It's horrible. It's tepid. It's disgusting. And yeah, that's how I feel. It, it, it It's arduous to watch. And I think a lot of us will have done the same, especially as we were at home watching it. Messing about on our phones, no interest, no kind of thinking something's going to happen here. 11 corners or something tonight. Like, could have had 47 corners and not scored. Here's one for you. I I put a bet builder on before the game for mm-hmm. three yellow cards. How it hasn't landed, by the way, is beyond me, considering like 75% of Hull's team has been booked. But I put it on. And it was offering me about 12 quid's worth of profit um, after about 25 minutes. And I cashed it out and I put it all on Hull to win at 7-2 to two because I just knew what was happening. That it was going to be 1-0 and that's not me being pessimistic and hoping that it was happening. I don't want my team to lose. I even... I'd, I still want us to go and win the next game, even though I think if we get beat and by a couple of goals, I think he gets the boot. But I still want us to win. But I just knew tonight what was going to happen. And it's exactly like a few people have said, it's Parkinson. He is a new age Parkinson. This is, to me, the appointment we made after Jack Ross when everyone kind of went, Jack's done okay, but this is not really going where we needed to go. So you bring somebody in and you sat there and you thought, is it going to be X, Y, Z? Like, who could it be that could give us a bit of a lift and it ended up being Phil Parkinson? And he went, oh, well, should have just kept Jack Rosten. Like, it's exactly the same appointment, but on a bigger scale, because I don't think everyone was fully on board with Mowbray going. I know a couple of us were on this pod. Brad really wasn't, to be fair to him. Um, and I, I still would have been okay with it if we employed someone I felt it was an, an improvement. But but anyway... um. There's a question I want to ask both of you. I'm going to go to you first, Dave. Um, I don't think you can answer it, but it's maybe to prove a point here. But normally I'll go through the match blow by blow. And normally I've got like a million things that I want to ask because there's so much stuff happens in 90 minutes, 100 minutes. Um, But I've really stumbled the past few weeks uh, where I've probably relied, if I'm honest, on listeners' questions because I'm just like, the games are so turgid and apathetic. But there's one question that keeps smacking me in the face, um, like a wet kipper. I'll ask you this question, Dave. Uh, what style of football 
or someone attempting to play under Michael Beale? The exact same style of football that Dodds implemented when we played Leeds and everyone called him a tactical genius. That kind of worked though against Leeds, to be fair. <laughs> I liked it against Leeds. It, this one it, is it, just... That, that, that's what brings me back to the point of, I think, the players feel disconnected. Because if we played the same football and that was Dodds, like I said, if we're not, if we're going to get Bill, give it Dodds till the end of the season. That's what makes me think in my head. Ment- mentally, the players don't want him there either. They, they're just not buying into it. And I know, like Mowbray always said, a lot of the stuff behind the scenes is Dodds and Proctor, and I, I, I still think it is. But the main man at the front, I just don't think they've got any faith in either. I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling it now that Leeds game for as much as everyone was dialed in, everyone was focused and whatever. It's a there's so much of football about percentages, and that game of football was a one in ten game. The other nine times, Leeds probably score four goals, and that's the basics of it. There's going to be people who disagree with that, but if we put that performance in ten times, we get beat. Okay, put the draws in there. I say we get beat six times. That like, sounds um, like a high performance data led approach to the podcast. <laughs> if uh, I mean, can you explain it, to me? You know what is high performance, Dave? I, I wish I could, mate. There, there's people more qualified than me out there who get paid a hell of a lot of money, who who apparently run our football club. Could by the you. way, I'm not going to lie. I've just farted a belter. Um and it's gone it's one of those ones that's like ricocheted to the chair and it's cheered me up a bit. It's cheered me up a little bit. That well, I'm glad... approach. I'm glad something has. Um I've we've just become so it it does. It it's Parkinson all over where we you've got this dinosaur in charge and you stick in the game for as long as you can and then you wait for a worldie, like the statistics that I pulled out last week where under Mowbray, for as much as we weren't very clinical and stuff like that, over 26 touches in the box. Now, I don't know about tonight, but under Bale, before tonight, we were just over nine touches in the opposition's box. It's you, You're waiting for a Jack Clark, and Alex Pritchard, an Ekwath, dare I say it, to put one in the top corner from 35 yards out. That's what you were waiting for, and that's the style of football that we now play. And unfortunately, when it ain't going your way, and you're carrying how many players? You're carrying three or four players tonight, easily, then it just doesn't work for you. Everyone, if you're playing that kind of rigid Four five one. Everyone has to be dialed in. Everyone has to be focused. Everyone has to make the right move at the same time. It's too defensive. We're not good enough to do it. And I'd quite like us to get back on the front foot and throw a caution to the wind. It's not what any of this team's been built on. And look, I think we needed to be a bit scrappier sometimes under Mowbray. And I definitely thought another manager would come in and continue the good work that Mowbray had done, but make us a bit more solid defensively. But my God, like... We're not even that solid defensively. We're just, we don't have the style, like, at all. And look, I said before, like, we appointed him because of where I live. I've seen a lot of his Rangers team, and I said, I really struggled to see what his style was, and hopefully he'd learned from that. And I kind of 
thought surely he's learned from it. This is almost identical in terms of style, in terms of there's no style to what he played up here. Um, before I ask this question to Brad, I have talked about Eckwell hitting 35-yard shots from nowhere that were never going in. He had no conviction, no confidence, and I don't know how many times I have to keep coming back to Eckwell, but simply isn't doing enough for me at all. Um, and I know there's a lot of stuff going on outside the club, which we've, I think we've rightly criticised, and other podcasts have rightly criticised, and fans have. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that is wrong with the manager. But like for me, Equa's been poor even under sort of Mowbray, um, the back end of it. Something needs to change with him. But I think it again shows you um, the lack of foresight in recruitment that we knew we needed someone in midfield because we only had Equa and Neil with Matete being injured and also Corey Evans being injured. We didn't bring anyone in. So maybe, you know, maybe I'm being too harsh on Equa and maybe Equa just doesn't play where he's been played at the moment, but we don't have the choice to change it. I mean, I don't know if Matete was injured or what tonight, but if he's just been taken off the bench, that's an absolute joke because he's all we've got um, outside of that. All, all you've really got outside of him is Ashish coming on and dropping Pritchard or Bellingham deep, which, uh, I, I mean, it's round peg square holes in it. But um, anyway... Um, yeah, one question I want to ask, Brad, because there's a lot to go through. I've done quite a few questions. Actually, I thought before I hadn't wrote enough, but it turns out I have. Um, I was happy for Moby to be replaced. I'm not going to be a revisionist on that. So was Ross on the podcast. You weren't on the podcast, Brad, but you messaged saying, look, I'm not. We've still got text, so you can you can say you wanted him in, stuff like that. Um, but I was happy for him to go because I thought we could maybe get a manager or a coach, and I thought it was an ambitious move at the time to sack him and bring in someone that would build on top of the good work he's done and make us a bit better. Um, we're now six weeks since that's gone and that alleged better person has came in and Mowbray's been sacked. Um, Brad, how have the club managed to turn what should have been a really amazing opportunity to get a good manager to build on what was already good at the club, um, but was turning a little bit stale with Mowbray? into such an absolute disaster. And I'm not talking about the Black Cats bar stuff, just the appointment and what's going on on the pitch. Well, I think it's hard to say without discussing the Black Cats bar and things because I think that's magnified True, how right. the club's been run as a whole. But, I mean, you say I wasn't on the pod. I came on the one where it was a, a reaction to Mowbray sacking. And I said then, after he'd gone, it's the wrong decision. And I stand by that. There's games that we've lost since then. With Mowbray, I don't think we lose tonight. Because although on Sky or wherever you watched it, they praised Hull for how they set up. They were shite. Poor. They, they were. And with a team that actually wants to attack, you pick them to bits. Of course you do. Easily. Norwich are one of the worst teams I've seen players this season. And they beat them. Um, Coventry, did we lose 3-0? <laughs> Hard to say, because we were in a little bit of a sticky patch then. Although we just won two off the belt. Um, I just think they've panicked. I think their number one target hasn't come. And they've panicked. And... You know what, I think a lot of people would have given a lot more respect and a little bit more, you know what, they're, they're thinking about this is 
if their number one target hadn't come, which we all are led to believe it was was Will still, if they just said right and came out and said like, oh, well they're not going to say it anyway because they want a manager and he's not going to say well I'm going to be second choice unless you might go Bale who doesn't care. If they just said right, you know what, we're going to give it a dodge. He's won the last two and we'll carry on as we are. Everyone would have said right, yeah, we get it. The players love him because they've all came out and said they do. And we'll crack on as we are. But I think they've panicked and tried to fool us again by saying he was an outstanding candidate, everything aligned. He interviewed very well and and tried to fill us again. Like, with absolute BS. I'm trying so hard not to swear, Graham, but it's so hard. <laughs> but they have tried to blag our heads like they have all the way through with his solicitor talk. Like, like he talks to us and what they, I think the club haven't realised, and I think they are starting to now understand is, Sunderland fans are not stupid, and we we won't have the we won't have the wool pulling over us. And I think they're starting to realise that, but they've realised it far too late for me. Now, if they go and sack him, Graham, does that look from the outside? From an outside, let's just say it was another club, and then they're seeing all the fan backlash and they sacked him. From the outside, you look at that club and go, their owners haven't got a clue. They just listen to whatever fans want. So now that they're either stuck with them or they listen to us. But from the outside looking in, he was going to look and go, I'm going to take that job because I'm not going to be welcome or I wasn't even their first choice. And the, the owners and the board have done this to themselves. Yeah, it's all self-inflicted and that's the worst part. Um I think, you know, when we when we did the reaction to Mowbray being sacked and we came on straight away, if you listen back to it, me, you, and Ross, I think it was that was on. We all like immediately went, well, if they've sacked them. They've obviously got somebody in mind, and we took that from this um, lawyer slash high performance speak. And I know some people think Speakman and um, the board get a bit of a difficult time because of the way they speak and they say some people don't like it. I don't like when it's not backed up. And that's what annoys me. Like this is the, none of the club smacks of high performance, especially not off the pitch. It smacks of like just chucking shit at a wall, hoping it kind of works, and no planning whatsoever. But like when I look back and I think that I took, we spoke about the appointment of Bill when it first happened and kind of prayed that it would work, um, and it's not going to work. I'm I'm actually so confident in saying that, and that's right. I go well. Hopefully it does, but it's not going to work. It isn't going to work. And whenever he goes, he goes. It, but it's going to be awful all then. But I think, like, you know, when you're looking at um, the fact it took them that long to appoint someone and then you go back to the um, Alex Neal appointment, which totally worked out and was great for us and got us out of the league. I don't think that one was necessarily planned, even though they said it was. I think we chased Roy Keane and flirted with Roy Keane. Each appointment outside of Tony Mowbray doesn't seem to have had any sort of um, succession planning, which they allegedly do have when they're looking at Faroli in the summer and stuff. And the most mad thing is, the most planning they've had with like six, like getting the manager in like in quick succession that fits has been Mowbray when they didn't expect Alex Neil to leave. <laughs> like I just I don't know. Like for me, the whole thing. Speak the way you want. People speak the way they speak. Fair enough. Um, and I, I include Beal in that. If it's successful, then it doesn't matter. And look, they've done 
Michael Beale as an assistant manager has won a, a title. Um, he's won trophies and he's got himself in a position where he can manage two absolutely enormous clubs, three for your class QPR is a, a relatively big club in London as well. Um, so he has achieved stuff, but like his job and everyone's job at the moment at Sunderland just doesn't smack of anywhere near high performance. Like, like let's be honest, Jake Humphrey's not inviting any of those motherfuckers onto a podcast at the minute, is he? Like, I mean, which is a good thing. I would never listen to it. But the point is, he's never, ever getting them on there. Um, I'm going to go into listeners' questions in a bit. But uh, there's a big one I probably wanted to ask you, Dave. Now, I'm going to give you the same question, Brad. So just feel free to come straight on once Dave's shut his gob. Um, can the club, and do you think the club will sack Beal? And if they do... Does then Speakman's position get reviewed as well? Do you think, Dave? It's hard to argue. It, it, it was always going to end in disaster with Bill, and I, I can't see, I can't see that changing. Um, <laughs> Speakman would have to sell his soul, wouldn't he? So if the if the figure of let's say five million for Will Still was true, I mean Will Still's—he's not going to take the job now. It's as simple as that. He doesn't feel valued enough. But if he did, if we if we paid the five million, and then we're we're in the mugs position where we have to offer him an extra extra six k a week to make him feel loved, business business will prevail. Then Speakman might get himself. Out of trouble, and that that goes for that goes for KLD as well, because he's he's putting the the day to day running faith in Speakman, and but he has to sign off on things, and that goes back to Black Cat's Bar and stuff like that. No matter how much we've moved on from that to a degree in terms of analysing it, I mean, not in terms of how we feel about it. Um, so so yeah, if. If all of the if all of the appointments that we've had so far haven't been as well articulated as people might make out, then yeah, there, there's some there's some decent sized problems in there, which will only get worse as time goes on. Mowbray was the right guy at the right time because we needed someone just to to give us a bit of love, give us a bit of connection with the team when. Let's be honest, we were in disarray, and he did that perfectly well. He did his job perfectly well, just as he's going to do at Birmingham. He isn't going to get Birmingham promoted, but what he will do is, after the absolute horror show that was Wayne Rooney, he will reconnect them, he'll get them playing attractive football, and then they'll bring in someone else. Probably Wayne Rooney again, but that's for them to deal with. Maybe people have got a worse board than we have. <laughs> so it still screams it still screams to me of Ashley, Charnley, Pardew and I, I get the feeling and I keep getting this sinking feeling that the Ashley, Charnley part, part of it is here until they leave the club and that's that's a little bit worrying to be honest and it's becoming exasperated because of things going wrong off 
and now apparently on the field, unfortunately. Don't think anyone wants to hear me repeat it time and time again. Um, and they probably think I've been a bit sort of bill heavy here. Um, but it, I don't, I'm not particularly a huge fan of KLD at the moment. And I'll never forgive what he did a few weeks ago. There's nothing he can do to make me forgive him. I know some people will. Um, I don't want to go on about it too much because I think I've mentioned it in two podcasts now, but I'll never forgive him for that. So um, for me, like my thoughts on him are more or less the same if he if he does sack him tomorrow. But um, Brad, I wanted to throw the question at you as well. Um, I've said myself that I'm, I, I can't forgive him for what he did, unfortunately. That'll stick with me forever. Um, but if KLD was to sack Beal tomorrow, after all of the kind of bad PR, if he was to sack him tomorrow and then stick a statement on his Instagram admitting he'd messed up and that, you know, he made a mistake and he's doing it in the interest of Sunderland. Do you think that would in any way fix things that have happened over the past six, seven weeks, or do you think it's too far gone? Too far gone, mate. Um, he put a statement out after the Black Cats Bar thing. Meant nothing to me. Meant absolutely nothing. If he was to sack him tomorrow, all I would think is, how incompetent are you to waste a month of our season by doing what you've done on top of what's happened in, uh, over the last few weeks with them lot? I'm the same as you, never forgive him, never forget. Um, I'm sure I've put it on my socials as well, as far as I'm concerned, he, he can go. He can. Um, people might not like it, people might think I'm being a little bit too harsh, but it's my opinion. Um... He's proved he does not get the club. He does not get the fans. And look, Speakman's had a lot of criticism thrown on him, rightly and rightly or wrongly. I've I've backed him quite a lot and said he's got a lot of credit. He, he's done quite well. But he's literally where he's right underneath KLD. He's the one that is making some decisions, but KLD signs off him like Dave says. So their visions are aligned and for me it's just it'd be interesting if the stuff from the Black Cats bar hadn't happened and you asked me the same question I'd probably say right look hold your hands up you made a mistake let's move on but I think everything that's just been building up building up building up nah that's all gone for me Speakman's the one that I've probably hammered the most out of um out of those two, but I think Speakman's probably the one I'm, I'm least angry at the minute. He would have had nothing to do with the kind of like crap that's gone off the field. That all comes down to KLD's we met and his team. Um, the appointment, yeah, fair enough. I think the appointment, or the, should I say the, the mess on with getting in, trying to get Roy Keane in a few years ago wasn't exactly perfect for him as well. But he's made some decent signings. He's brought in some decent players. He's had a relatively decent hit rate, although... He took a few black marks this year with some of the signings he's made. Um, I'm less frustrated at Speakman. I can more mark Speakman down to making a really bad error of judgment here. And I don't know how much that will have been dictated by how much he's got for a manager because I think we all seen that Bill was out of work and a relatively cheap option. Was that part of the remit that it was worth the risk because of how cheap he was? I don't know. Um but like I, I do think positions need to be reviewed. But we've got some listeners' questions. Um, I've chucked in some fun ones because we need it. We really do. And if people 
I know some people look just like hearing about the football, look tons about his football, don't worry. But we're going to speak about some cakes and stuff like that as well. Um, so <laughs> I'll fire this one at you, Dave. Always like this one, and I think for a chef, you deserve this question. Um, custard on a sticky toffee, or just let it rock with the toffee sauce? Yeah, I'm, to be honest, I'm a I'm a double cream guy with mine. To be fair, so mm-hmm. if it was the choice of of just sticky toffee sauce or custard, I'd I'd go sticky toffee sauce. I reckon. Brad, same to you. Custard. Yeah, I think that was my answer the first time anyway. <laughs> I think I I think I'd custard it, but then the ice cream wasn't in the option this chance. And if the ice cream's there, the ice cream's gonna happen. Uh, okay, back to football. So, question for you, Dave. Uh, the money that the club have spent this summer has been a shambles. Can they be trusted with the money they would get off Jack Clark if he was to be sold? Unfortunately, while they're running the club, we haven't got much of a choice. So, um, I'm not so sure that I'd trust them with the money that we made off of Fredo in the club shop, if I'm honest, but um, yeah, it's it's a time will tell thing, but it it should be a lot of money. We've obviously got a big sell on clause as well. I suppose the the thing about it is like we've enjoyed him as a footballer. However, we got him on the cheap. So if it keeps the club going a bit longer, and uh, let's be honest, we're going to try and find some kid from Tunisia who's seventeen year old and. That's just how it's gonna be. Get me four more hemiers now. Um <laughs> uh, I want to do good or bad in the home, and I think a lot of the questions we've answered, one of them was um Baylor's doing appointment windows to pressure pile up on uh, Speakman and Kirill. Um the idea of the director of football model as players come and go, but style play and approach suddenly remains the same. Yeah, we've said there's not much style, so we've kind of gone on that one. So let's go with a nice, fun question. This has been the best question we've ever been asked, and it's got absolutely sweet FA to do with football, but I'm going with it. And then we're going to give you a good, a bad, and a hmm, and then we're going to leave you. Um, I'm going to fire this question both at you, and I'm going to take the question on myself. Brad, would you take a million pounds, but for your entire life, there's a little snail following you wherever you went? Um, You can't leave the country... And if the snail catches up with you within 10 metres, actually, it's instant death. Would you still take the money? No. Me either. I've seen it follows. The reason why? Well, I've seen it follows. There's my reason why, just so everyone knows. If you haven't seen the film, it's a brilliant film, but it's a very similar concept, and it, it's pretty scary. Um, and I think it would be weird having a snail on the case all the time. Um, but what would your reason be, Brad? Because I'm happy as I am. Simple as that. All right, high performance culture. Jesus, let's have an honest and vulnerable <laughs> conversation. Um, yeah, sit, sit down with me. Um, Dave, snail, million pound. I mean, I don't want to be mean, but I reckon I don't reckon you, you're very fast. So I reckon <laughs> no, that snail no. is more dangerous to you than it is to me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely built for endurance. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I'm not taking that deal whatsoever. I'll, I'll fancy me chances in business and try and make a million that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But, but yes, you're completely right. That is the best question we've ever been asked. I think it's great. I think it's excellent. 
Um, and I know some people like just want the football stuff, but honestly, it's it's rough sometimes. I just like to chuck a couple of dafties in. Um, please keep questions like that coming in because I think they're great. Like, um, right, we'll go for good or bad and then we're going to go uh, nice and quick. What's your your good first and foremost, Brad? The fans that brave the call tonight. Fair play to every single one of them. Yep. My good is, uh, and I'll keep this short and sweet because I want no questions on it. I thought Hamir looked okay, but I'm really, really struggling with good, so we'll move on really quickly. Um, Dave, what was your good? Struggling to find one. Um, I didn't mind Trey Hume. I thought he was... Mm. I quite enjoyed watching Trey today, so I just wish he could go back to right back and stop trying to fill in for other people. It's got a nice mullet going on at the moment, fair enough. Um, my bad, Michael Beale disaster, which we knew right from the very beginning, it's going to take an almighty turnaround to stop this from turning very nasty, let alone actually save his job. Um, basically, is that's my bad. What's your bad, Brad? Bad, Brad? What is your bad, Brad? Yeah, the disconnect between everything at the club at the minute, yeah, in the fight tonight by fans singing at their own manager, you're getting sacked in the morning after a month in charge. Someone before said they've got to get the mole on the door. I found it quite funny. Um, I know you shouldn't laugh at people's appearances, but it was funny. Um, Dave, your bad? My bad is just how lacklustre we looked. Well, I reckon we could have played for th- three games back-to-back and not scored. And I've been quite enjoying the vibrant football of the previous 18 months and looking dangerous every time. And yeah, that's cool. my bad. We'll finish with that. Hmm. We'll have to go quick because Zoom tell me I've only got 40 seconds. My hmm is, I don't know whether the club will have the balls to sack him this early and admit they made a mistake. Um, That's my hmm. That's something I will be pondering. Brad, what's yours? Always being told that Hume is likely to go out on loan and my end has looked good last week, banging two in for the 21s and then Hume ends up on the bench and my end dropped all together. Yours, Dave? And my hum is, Bill, you're not fooling anyone with that hoodie before the game with the ultimate badge on. We know your tricks. Get out of our club. Right, everyone. Bye, 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 um, bye. Bye, bye, bye. I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs>